Hello everybody, you're listening to Fireside with Founders, the podcast that gives you a behind-the-scenes look at some of the coolest startups out there and stories about their amazing founders. So all you need to do now is sit back, relax and enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Fireside with Founders. I'm Rupert McSheehy and I'm joined today by Hussein Hilly, who is co-founder of Butte and Scrap. Hey Hussein, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Really good. Thank you for joining me this evening. Thank you for having me. Nice to nice to nice to have you on. I'm looking at your uh, your board games in the background. You've got some pretty good things going on there. People obviously won't be able to see this, but Articulate, Scrabble, two of my favorite board games. So we're already exactly. on to a winner. Catan, are you a Catan fan? Or? Catan? I've never heard of Catan. I've got to be honest. Oh, okay. I mean, we could spend the rest of the session talking about Catan if you like, um, or, or we can leave it for another time. But Catan is something you should definitely uh, explore. I will definitely explore it. Yeah, may- maybe we'll leave it for another time, just on the basis <laughs> that I don't know how how much relevance it's got for the listeners. But you never know, uh, <laughs> but everyone. Know, but it is one of the most uh, strategic games around. Um, you'd definitely enjoy it. Okay, I'd enjoy it. Whether I'll be any good at it is is another matter, but. <laughs> I'll have a look. Nice. Cool. Okay. So um, let's jump in. I'm going to go through a couple of quick fire questions with you. Ease yeah. into it. And then, then we'll start, start talking a bit more about you. So first question, cats or dogs? Uh, cats. Okay, cool. Link- <laughs> LinkedIn or Twitter? Uh, LinkedIn. Okay. Chinese or economics? Ooh, uh, economics. Okay. Which will make, make sense to people later, probably more so um uh, so crowdfunding or vc funding uh vc funding property or construction um tough one i, I would have put them in under the same bracket but um i think right now the answer is construction okay good very good answer yeah they're, they're quite closely aligned um and then venga or Henri? uh this is a tough one you got me there. I thought I would. I've got so much. Oh, I'm not even sure where to answer that. To answer that. Uh, oh. Do you know, just because of his loyalty, I'm going to go with Wenger. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it's a tough one. They're both Arsenal legends. And so I should have introduced you as um, you know, all-round good guy and Arsenal fan, of course. But uh, so, so yeah. You, you, did, you did your research there. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm actually... But you know, I, I was... I, if, if Thierry Henry ever listens to this, I, I was a bit heartbroken when he left. Um, you know, I was, I, I really wanted him to score that goal in the final. Yeah. <laughs> and I really didn't want Wenger to leave and then to stay there. But anyway. Uh... <laughs> it's, it's a whole other podcast, <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> you, you, hit, you hit a bit of a sore spot there. I wasn't expecting that question. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I thought I thought it might throw you a little bit. So hence I thought, I'd, you know, I'll put it in there just for good measure. <laughs> uh so so let's so learn a bit about you so you're obviously an arsenal fan um you studied chinese and economics at university um and from everything that i've i've seen about you you've grown up by from a very early age starting out as a bit of an entrepreneur from kind of the age of like five from from what i've seen so but tell me a bit more about you what's your background and let everyone know a bit more about what you're about um, so, uh, how far back does one go? Um, I, it's, it's always been quite entrepreneurial for me because, 
my father was entrepreneurial. Um, he, you know, he came over from Iraq uh, in the 80s um, uh, as an immigrant set up here in, in the UK um, and, you know, was pretty successful um, in, in setting up business and then went set up in, in, in Dubai as well. Um, so the, the knack for business was always in, in the genes. Uh, my granddad, uh, my dad, uh, it, was, it was always there. Um, he used to always say, trade is in your blood. Um, so no matter how much you try and fight it, it's, 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 it's never going to leave you. Um, but even as a, as, as a child, uh, I felt it came, looking back now, it, it felt like it came quite naturally. Uh, looking back at like setting up, uh, you know, a mart in my, in my bedroom, selling to family friends that came over, uh, whether it was chocolates or crisps that were from downstairs and whether it was creating my own potion or wh- whatever it was, it seemed to always be a, you know, a, r- a running theme that it was there. You know, when, by the time I got to um, high school, I, I would, you know, I'd find some cheap mobile phones and sell them at a higher price to friends at school. Um, it was, it was almost that um, I, I loved, I, I, I loved, I loved academia and I loved school, but it was always in the background um, and I couldn't get away from it no matter how much I tried. Um, by the time I, I was in university and I, I, um, I was studying Chinese and economics and, you know, the thing to do was investment banking. It's, you know, the accolade, uh, getting, getting that, getting that summer internship, competing against the tens of thousands of people applying, um, and getting through was the accolade in itself. Um, and it was almost that once I, you know, I, I got through, um, I, I was already past the point of thinking, you know what, I, this still isn't what I want. Um, I'm, I'm looking for uh, business disruption, growth, um, uh, and 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 creating uh, more than a creating and innovating, and just going down that path of life because that's where I feel I'm. My energy is thriving, um, and 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 that came to life slightly when I was in China as well. Um, a, a failed venture, but uh, an attempted one, nevertheless. I I, I tried to shift um, solar panels from Beijing to Baghdad, um, and. Um, you know, unfortunately, my father passed away in that year. But it, you know, it was it was nevertheless an attempt. Um, speaking to suppliers and going going around China and um, you know emailing back and forth, utilizing my Chinese, utilizing my Arabic. That utilization of resources was very business centric. And although you can use that in a in a in another career path, it's most it it can it can be so highly leveraged when you fully utilize it in a in a business career. Yep, hundred percent. And I think those two are two things that I've. Uh... I've seen that are more and more you know, common and, and utilized very well in business careers from people out there. Yeah. Um, so, so look, you've obviously, so you've gone, you've gone and you've started, started one business, like you say, it's not, not worked out, but then, uh, and you've, you've had a, a sort of a, a fleeting visit within the investment banking world. Like you say, you've achieved the accolade and then gone, Hang on, it's still not enough for me. I still want, I want more. I want something else out of it. So, there, there. Enter your your journey with Butte, yeah. Founding yeah. founding Butte. So, tell exactly. me about that. So, so call it serendipity. Uh, but I was looking for a partner, um, and I had just done a leadership course, a leadership management course, um, with um, the the Institute of Leadership Management here in the UK. And uh, I met my my co-founder Marwan, and he um, he had a career in banking, and he was looking to get out his family had been in property for a long time and they were, you know, he was actively buying and developing. Um, and, you know, he, we went out for dinner after the course had finished and he just kind of turned around to me and said, look, let's, let's partner up. Um, let's set up an investment slash construction business and, and get that going uh, as soon as possible. 
type thing. You know, he, he was go get her and I'm go get her and we didn't really want to waste any more time. Um, and it just seemed like a good fit. Um, and by, you know, within, within that, within a year, we had already kind of set up and um, we had, we had employees and it started growing and um, uh, it just, it just went from strength to strength. And by around 2017, we had, uh, you know, multiple sites on the go. Uh, we were turning over a couple of million and um, it just seemed that it was all going, you know, it, it was starting to really go in the right direction. And then as, as, as we were like building, um, we stumbled on the problem that was, that is today scrap. Um, yep. And that, that is the supply chain problem of uh, a very fragmented market that we saw from our side, because when you're, when you have 10 sites on the go, you can very clearly visibly see that you're not using the same supplier. The price is very different. The service is very different. There's no tech involved. There's no tech involved in the operations on their side. It seems so far away from the world that was becoming. So all these on-demand apps, all these different things that were popping up uh, to utilize um, to, to utilize technology to move the needle. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, it was it's so it's, it's so far and few between in terms of where the construction sector was sitting versus like fintech. Um, you know, the financial technology sector had boomed by that point. And you had all these online banks and mobile apps and uh, mobile banking. And you had, um, you know, the integrations and, um, and background checks and whatever else. There was so many things that had just popped out by then and had taken like, a, you know, two, three year window to really like really strike. Um, and yet this sector was sitting back in the 1950s still. Yeah. Um, so ripe for disruption. Uh, and that's where um, it was, you know, the, the, the solution was very obvious, um, you know, a marketplace between the construction sector and the, you know, the services sector um, of, of higher services. Um, I, Marwan's friend in university, um, when they studied maths and finance was, is, is, is Ahmed and he's based in Pakistan. And he has a software house there. And in order to kind of, you know, be slightly frugal and build quickly, um, you know, we contacted him and we said, look, we're looking to build this, this solution. Can you give us some developers and we'll pay them full time? And he was like quite interested in, 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 in the solution itself. He flew over to some market research with us. And by um, late 2017, we basically set up and we were ready to go build the product. Uh, 2018, June, we launched to market. Um, and haven't really looked back since like we've, we've built, um, you know, a business now with 35 employees and, um, you know, backed by like world-class investors, um, over 2 million, uh, pounds to date funded, um, and, you know, running, running towards, um, market penetration and, 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 and big market share here, because I'm, 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 I'm fully convicted that we're onto something so big that it's almost impossible to describe. Yeah. Um, but you have to kind of be in it to see it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but, but, um, but from my, from, from my perspective, it's, it's just so obvious. Um, there's a, a broken market. We're like, you know, so ahead in terms of the technology and we're really automating from all sides of the chain and we're making what is essentially a very, very user-friendly product for the construction sector at different levels, whether you're a large, medium or small, um, in order to be able to utilize it for your day-to-day and make, the efficiency count in your in, in your operation that it does not only save costs from that angle but also when someone has gone and organized an, a fragmented chain it becomes it becomes more cost effective to use us versus the market yeah 
Okay, fair enough. Nice. And so, what, what you mentioned there, then, so obviously a lot of um, a lot of disruption has gone on in, in various marketplaces. I mean, it's it's been a key word over the last what, five ten years. Disruption, yeah. and especially in fintech, say fintech was an early adopter of disruption and open to it. I uh, love the word disruption. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> that everything's made to be just disrupted these days. And uh, but you're That's absolutely good. right that that construction seems like an industry that was stuck in you know the the dark ages relatively speaking in comparison to everyone else i look at look at it across all parts of that sector there's um you know from an outsider certainly looking in it, it looks like it it is right for disruption so wh- why do you think it is so sort of stuck back in back in time and and what's what sort of brought on that opportunity to be able to disrupt it do you know what it's so manual there's so many things that are are, are manually processed um but not, not only that, I, th- I think like one of the largest factors is the, se- the sector itself is run by old boys. Mm. So the success that has come to date is largely done by the winners of like yesteryear. So those, those guys who built those businesses on the manual basis, they contain a large market share because they built the resources across time to be able to then go and physically build and continue to build and eventually became massive house builders that um, you know, when they're in a position to win- continue winning the largest contract, it's very difficult for a smaller house builder to come into that space and compete. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening is, is by the time you, you know, these guys are now, they started off in the manual way. By the time technology had actually played a role in any, in any other sector, they stayed behind because the old guard was still in charge. So now, now it's starting, the, the, where the needle is starting to move now is the new generation are starting to take over these businesses. On both sides, actually, yep. whether it's on the supply side or on the on, on, on the demand side of the construction sector, the people who are in charge and running the boards and, and, and you know, the corporate governance going into it, they're starting to realize that actually they're being left behind by not utilizing technology. So new, new, the new entrants who are utilizing or the existing ones who happen to adopt it because there was, a, a, you know, the succession was earlier. So if, you know, take two massive house builders that are still family run. Um, the one who their successors were slightly older and they've come into the picture and they've quickly introduced new technology, they've slightly, you know, they've been able to save or they've been able to come in and you, you know, create those economies of scale using using the tech. Mm. Whereas the ones who haven't are still, you know, for example, just at the most basic level, if you don't have software management for your, you know, your your timesheets or your labor on site or or any any form of uh, software management for um, personnel you're completely behind because you'll have resources plugging into hundreds of, you know, thousands potentially of workers. Um, so just that alone is like one small piece of the pie that is not automated. If it's not automated for an organization, which is of a large size, it is going to create that lag. Yeah. Um, so so now, now we're at that stage where everyone's like, you know, we want to move forward. And because there's so many moving parts in construction, it's difficult to say, where do you start? Um, because you know we're one part, we're the supply chain part and logistics, and you have another part which is personnel, another part which is um, you know the, the 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 project manager overseeing um, site managers and other personnel, and getting um, you know getting getting reporting done in an effective way, and then you have like the financing side of it, and and tying it all into different um, software. No one wants to be using ten different softwares, mm-hmm. um, and and so you know like look today, uh, Procore IPO'd right. Yeah. Um, Procore as, as, as a software has been going back since 2002. It's, it, it, it was only in the last like 10 years where it really started taking off 
because the sector started moving. Um, but, you know, it's a very good example of, you know, one of the largest, uh, you know, construction tech softwares going IPO. And it's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's so far behind where like some of the fintechs have already, you know, IPO'd over the last five yeah. years already, you know, like likes of transfer, um, you know, massive companies like TransferWise here. And you have, um, you know, obviously in the US, you have much, much larger ones, um, Stripe and, and, and others who, uh, who've, who have kind of expanded very aggressively across the across the globe now. Yeah. So it's, you're absolutely right to say there's there's so many different moving components, aren't there? When you think of it and you break it all down, you know, construction is look, got lots of different parts of different industries involved in it. It's not just people on building sites, building stuff. There's all sorts of other other things that go in to make up what is construction ultimately. Yeah as exactly. a business exactly. um so yeah there's, there's that's possibly why uh, a lot of people as well haven't tried to solve the problem because they don't know where to focus because it's such a as you i think you alluded to earlier you know it's, unless you're in it it's such a big problem to there's, really there's so look many at complexities there's just too many complexities yeah. um where like you know, you're kind of navigating your way through like a lot of a lot of a lot of dust like that's in front of you and you're just trying to move it out of the way to just see what's kind of the next step yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of barriers like in, in different parts of the chain. So you may be able to kind of get over one barrier, but not necessarily another. Um, mm. And you kind of to bring it all together. And that's where like B2B is lagging behind B2C um, in, in terms of, you know, there, there are so many successful B2C um, softwares that have come out of the US and, and also, you know, some that have definitely thrived here in the UK um, and, and Europe. Um, what, what has been a, a real bottleneck is the B2B sector. Yeah. Um, the apps marketplace SaaS solutions um where like you know you're really connecting into industry problems um because it really requires bringing that industry up to date and utilizing that technology looking at the different industries that you've worked in then so having sort of founded butte which is um i don't know if you'd call it a, a prop tech or a fintech business but probably more more in that sort of space and then now moving into something that is you know logistics construction technology what have you seen as the sort of the major differences between sort of running two slightly different businesses? Yeah. So obviously like Butte is a like construction developer and um, it's, it's, you know, it, it, there is obviously more manual. It's, there's more site staff. There's uh, it's, 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 it's a very different beast. Um, you know, sc- scaling is much harder. Um, and a lot of the graph that goes into it is more about putting the right layers and the directors and the construction managers and, uh, you know the right personnel who can run and 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 succeed on projects and as you continue to kind of win win the business um off you know you know off the developer market you the way that scales is is, is just very different um it's it's different check sizes and different uh contract sizes and they're much larger um but it also you know building house build, building in-house teams versus subcontracting versus you know that there's different layers and complexities there um building building you know like construction technology firm like like scrap and, and a solution like that is just all you know it's just a different animal because you're paving the way for something that hasn't obviously been done um you're the, the, your, your, your kind of your standing start is almost negative because you're going your your initial your initial uh, penetration of the supply chain and getting them their buy-in is just as difficult as getting the demand buy-in. So you're going you're going to both sides of the coin here, um, and essentially getting them to adopt. Um, and that's that's all that's always difficult because usually with marketplaces, one is a bit more susceptible than the other. 
when they're both very difficult, it makes the challenge a lot, a lot, a lot harder, but also a lot more lucrative, obviously. Um, and, you know, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's been a very interesting challenge um, thus far over the last like three years building scrap. It's been, it's been very exciting to say the least. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, from, from building out a small supply chain in West London to having like, you know, a national supply chain who can fulfill anywhere um, and being able to, to negotiate and build, build SaaS behind it and, um, uh, and, you know, building that marketplace to, um, to uh, on, on the other side, which is scaled from like small, small house builders to much larger ones um, and, and being able to adapt that technology to the different segment, you know, so the integrations that are required for a larger one versus a smaller one. Um, the you know the price points that are more sensitive for a smaller contractor versus a larger one, and, and being able to go back to supply chain and um, you know autom- not automating a very manual process of like when you have a much larger uh, contract uh, or a contractor, being able to serve them at a discounted rate, which is you know you're competing with the market, you just have to do it, and you and you at the same time trying to automate it. So there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts, is is, is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Good. And so, so in terms of your your background as well, I think you you made it onto the Forbes thirty under thirty previously in twenty eighteen. Do you think that's that's helped in terms of to be able to grow the business to get publicity like that? Um, I think I think look, uh, accolades are always great. Um, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I, th- I think it helps that you're recognised on on these lists. I don't think it it contributes too much to the actual business building. Mm. Um, I always, you know, have, have this running joke with, with people, you know, that um, let's, 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 let's see who gets on the Forbes 40 list. Um, that's, that, that's, that's the real measure, right? Um, because you can, you can be recognized under 30. Um, and for, for a lot, obviously on the list, there is a level of achievement. Um, but I think for majority, it's, you know, the level of achievement will be is have you maintained that success by the time you're 40? Um, and, and that's where, you know, that separates literally the, the men from the boys. Um, I, you're still a boy uh, <laughs> under 30, but by the time, by time you are 40, you, you know, you have proven whether you, if you've still been able to withstand time, um, then, you know, you, you've proven that success and, You've earned that Forbes 30, if you like. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think you're absolutely right that it's most businesses looking at them. You know, will they stand the test of time? It's, um, you know, I say it's not. It's not easy to go out and build a business, but you know, to to make sure it can stand the test of time, that you can still be at the head, you know, the the forefront of your game yeah, exactly over a ten year period. You, exactly, you do pretty exactly. well. And yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure for Forbes as well. It's great to be able to cherry pick um you know or like have certain people that you take uh, you know you you put down on paper that they're going to be successful already from before they're 30 and by the time they are 60 the ones who are successful you can always go back and say well they were on our Forbes 30 list hey, um, perfect <laughs> <laughs> absolutely perfect it's, for them. it's a great investment for them <laughs> yeah absolutely and so well, well I look forward to to hearing talking to you again when uh, when you're sort of on the the 40 list but Obviously, so. there's, a, there's a little way to go before before you get there at that point. So, um, what are the what are the main things though that you feel that you've you've learned on your journey so far? Because you've done a lot of things in a, a relatively short space of time, as far as your your life is concerned, and a lot of things at a relatively young age as well. So, yeah, you know, what what have you learned over that 
time period? I think I always reference resilience as something that I've, you know, had to learn, but also, um, you know, endure. Um, you know, that, that, that pain that you go through is real. Um, and it, the hustle is real. Um, and to come out on, you know, on the, on the other side of the hustle is like, is all, it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a reality check, but it's, it's almost, I, th- I think when you're in the mindset of hustle, always, it's whether you've, you know, the, the business has grown tenfold or become a unicorn, I feel, and perhaps I might be mistaken, um, maybe we'll revise this once, once, I, once I get there, um, but I feel like that mindset just doesn't go away. Um, I'm almost always uh, feeling that I'm under threat and always uh, like in growth mode, always like just a standing start, um, even though there's like, you know, an, an army behind someone um, to kind of push them forward. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm always in that mindset to just keep pushing. Um, and, and I, I feel that that's been, um, I do feel that that's been one of the factors that's driven some of the success is that being able to, um, have others around you have that, you know, partners and co-founders who have that mindset who can, who push each other to say, well, actually, this is not enough. Uh, it's 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 almost never enough but it's also never enough it's not it's not necessarily the money and it's not necessarily the product it's it's the it's almost that the growth is infinite and it's endless and that's what you're thriving off the whole time um it it, it, it is the journey if you like um and that that and and not and not the end point yeah i think i've seen that with a lot with uh with various sort of founders and entrepreneurs is that they're always striving for that little bit more and um always trying to sort of push push themselves that little bit further um which is quite interesting psychologically because yeah you you're never going to sort of ever sort of reach that end goal of where, where are you satisfied there's no satisfaction at, at, at all like it's it's all it's all it's it's almost a, a curse and a blessing at the mm. same time um it's pretty tiring um <laughs> but, but but i also think that you know if you if you enjoy it then you're and you're thriving off it then it's it's not the, the tiring part is almost the you know, it, it's, you can keep getting out of the tired period by moving on to the next step. Yeah, it's the, it's the classic thing of you, you get comfortable and so then let's go make myself uncomfortable again. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's generally how it works. Yeah, so, exactly. um, and, and so looking at some of your, your time that you've had, if you were to, to sort of have a look at maybe something that you would change or, you know, something that you would be able to, to do slightly differently, from what you've done before, other than go back and buy Bitcoin, uh, what what would it be? <laughs> what would you what would you do in terms of the journey so far that would be can different? I buy, can I say buy Ethereum or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any cryptocurrency that's done well. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I I think um. I, th- I think at this point um. I want to say that like at every stage, it would, it would have been nicer to kind of get going even faster. Mm. Um, but, but I think, um, I, I don't think I have any regrets at the stage. Um, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm one to look forward. Um, yeah. and I don't think there's anything I, I would change per se, uh, at this, at this point in time. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah. I think that's my answer. 
yeah that's fair enough I, I love that as well that you've uh, you've straight away gone into that mode of push yourself harder I would have just done things faster <laughs> and got there sooner uh and but, then I had to like take a step back and say no no I I, I don't <laughs> yeah I, I think that, that's absolutely right I mean look you've obviously as you as you mentioned earlier you've had you've had failures um things haven't always gone perfectly perfectly well and I think it's easy to to forget that when you're looking at businesses that things don't always go well but it's really, really nice and refreshing to hear that you wouldn't change any of those failures because they've hopefully they've they've shaped you and the businesses as well. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Um, And so look, finally, looking forwards then in terms of of scrap, what's next for the business? Where where do you go from here? Yeah, I think um, the next, the next 12 months are really, really critical for us. Um, I mean, we're, um, we're really growing across, across the country. Um, And that's, you know, that's the, the, the critical mission at the moment of getting getting supply versus demand really really you know intact um, to the point of you know our vision is to be able to fulfill so you should be able to when you know when a u- the user experience of scrap is coming to us for the services and being able to get that top notch service and for us that means always always fulfilling always being competitive and that that automation of of that process there's a lot behind it and and you know it's the next period of time is getting that you know fully airtight to the point where um wherever you are in the country and you know ready to have an operation that can potentially expand globally can be replicated so um that that streamlined process to walk from city to city um, and expand what we've achieved and built so far and replicating that very quickly is this is the next part of the scale. Um, and, you know, there are so many great features and, um, you know, integrations and partnerships that we're working on with other like, um, you know, big contact um, um, providers and softwares and, and other industry partnerships um, that we're working on that are, you know, if, if hopefully they come through over the next you know six months or so you know will really lead to us our, our next phase of growth um and that that's a very very exciting um you know part of the journey that i'm looking forward to over the next 12 months it's exciting times i think that um through through everything uh that we've had over the the last sort of 18 months or so uh the construction industry has remained relatively stable in fact it's grown uh so you know, it's, it's a good place for you to be at the moment. And I'm sure there's lots of opportunity for you guys moving forwards. I hope so. And, and, I, and I hope that we will become, you know, the, the, the disruptor of this space, you know, and, and not to use the cliche, but I, I, I believe I'm fully convicted. And I, and I think the way we're executing is to allow every construction company, whether it's in the UK or abroad, to be able to run through us for their supply chain. Perfect. Well, Hussein, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, I look forward to seeing more about the growth of, of Scrap and at some point in the future, hearing more about Catan. You can tell me all, all about how to... <laughs> I have to go, I've got to go and look it up now. I'll probably go on to Amazon. Other other uh, I'll, shops I'll get, are available. I'll, I'll get but, it for you. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on. That's all right. Thank you for joining, Hussein. Take care. Thanks again to Hussein for giving up his time on this week's show. 
Um, next week, we've got Levi Epstein, who is co-founder of Inflow, which is the first science-based digital program to manage ADHD. Really excited about this one. Uh, I hope you can join us then. <laughs>